We've been doing a little series, before I get into the Word, on some hindrances to revival. What happens when the wind begins to blow and God begins to move? You know, what can grieve the Holy Spirit? What can cause the Holy Spirit to begin to, to back away? And Charles Finney, he was one of America's great spiritual awakening leaders. He's the one that wrote this. And so I want to pray, and then we're going to go to that, and then I'll get in the Word. Amen. Lord, help. America needs help. Lord, we, we need a lot of help. And God, we just pray, Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we know there have been prayers lifted up all over this nation. And God, the intercessors have been crying out to God. There's been a great groundswell of intercession. And Lord, we pray that the bowl, the cups, would be full. And God, you'd send angels to tip them over. We pray, Lord, for a mighty move of the Holy Spirit to sweep across America and the nations of the earth. One more time, God, to display the power of the gospel and the greatness of our God. And Lord, we thank you for it. We ask you to draw the right people here. And Lord, uh, use Roberts, Lord, as he comes. We ask you to use this camp meeting. Lord, we're asking you for signs and wonders because it's one of the one of the evidences that point that there is a God that's greater than every other demon and every sickness. 
and every other authority. There's no authority, no name like our God. So we ask you for that, Lord. And Lord, I ask you now to help me to impart the word. I ask for fresh revelation. Lord, we thank you that we didn't choose you. You chose us. We just responded. So it's not up to us, it's up to you in this task that you've called us to. And Lord, we may be few, but we're mighty in you. And we thank you, thank you, God, that nothing is impossible. You said when two or more agree. Lord, I thank you that next Saturday there'll be people from different parts of the world and America come into agreement that you would shake America and the nations with revival. And so, God, I thank you right now that you set this up so that you could answer it. In Jesus' name, and you'll get all the glory. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. Amen. Last week, you were awful quiet. Shirley said, don't tell the people they're too quiet. You know, just preach. So I'm heeding your word. But don't be too quiet. Don't be too quiet. You know, I asked Shirley yesterday, I said, Shirley, you should call 911 when we're sitting there in this busy intersection at a traffic light and an ambulance goes by and the person behind us didn't see the ambulance and somebody stopped before me because, you know, you can't go. So anyway, they plowed into the back. Shirley, call 911. She couldn't even find 911. What happened? You couldn't find. It's easy. 911. It's simple. It's simple. It's not hard. Yeah, she was, it's no big deal. It was a lot of fun. Well, it wasn't a lot of fun, but I mean, you know, we, we made it into fun. And I got to minister to the lady that ran into me. So that was pretty cool. Got to hold her hand and it was a good time. Well, what happened when the spirit begins to wane? I, I wanted to wrap this up. I'm not going to go back and review, but this is what Charles Finney said, and so we, I know there's a reason that we're going over this, so we'll be ready. He said, a revival will cease when Christians become mechanical in their attempts to promote it. You know when your faith is strong, your heart is warm, and your prayer is filled with passion and holy, you know, boldness. You know, that's good. The work goes on. But then when you become cold. And, uh, you know, you pray without any emotion or any feeling. Now, sometimes you don't have any feeling. You know, you just pray by faith. But I know what he's talking about. He said when that intensity begins to grow dim and the, the light. And, uh, you know, James says, the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man does what? It avails much. And the word fervent, it's also the word supplication, but it means displaying a passionate intensity. Impassionate, passionate, intense, ardent, sincere, heartfelt, enthusiastic, zealous, fanatical. Now, they already think we're fanatical, so we might as well be fanatical. Hardcore, wholehearted, hot, burning, or glowing. It means all that. That's pretty good stuff. And so we want to be hot, burning, and glowing. You don't want to lose it. And then revival will stop when the church gets exhausted by the labors. Now, these are things that Charles Finney discovered during the Great Awakenings in America. He said, multitudes of Christians forget that you, get, you, know, you live uh, and you don't want to get exhausted. You neglect to eat or neglect to sleep. That would be one of my problems. I remember when God moved to Mississippi, I didn't want to go to sleep because I couldn't wait to get back to church. I said, God, don't let me go to sleep. I don't want to miss anything. But you can't do that in an extended move of God. Okay, we got that clear. 
It's okay to go on a vacation. It's okay. Live normal life. You got to go to work. Get eight hours of sleep. But just keep going. You just keep going on the strength that God provides. And then Christians, it, ha it begins to wane when Christians cease to feel their dependence upon the Spirit. Well, that makes sense to me. Because what begins by the Spirit, you must continue, right? By the Spirit. And then he talks about how when, you, when men begin to take credit, you know, and they begin to be boastful or proudful. Well, God's moving because, you know, we've been praying. I mean, that's part of it. But you don't want to become boastful. Remember Nebuchadnezzar, it said, when his heart was lifted up, in fact, God spoke, there was a word, how God had given him a kingdom of majesty, glory, and honor. But when his heart was lifted up and his spirit was hardened in pride, God removed, he was removed from his kingdom throne and his glory was taken from him. So that's something to remember. Also, revival will decline or cease unless Christians are frequently revived. So when revival breaks out, don't forget to get revival. You're going to need it continually. Charles Finney said he's never seen a move of God that, that went beyond a couple of weeks. That if the people did not humble themselves and stay humble, stay in the Word, keep seeking God, asking for repentance, you know, being broken before Him, we need to continually stay in, a, in an atmosphere of revival, but that atmosphere must be deep in our heart. Does that, does that make sense? So when revival breaks out, I'm just, you say, why are you preaching something like this? What are you expecting? I'm expecting God. And when God moves and the Spirit of God's moving, you've got to stay in that flow. Don't grow hard. Don't let your heart grow cold. And then he says, when there's, it also the Spirit will wane when there's a continued opposition of the old school combined with a bad spirit in the new school. So what does he mean by that? Well, those in the old school... You know, those who were a part of a previous move of God are usually the greatest persecutors of the present move of God. How many of you know that? It just kind of happens that way. I don't understand why. It just does. I guess maybe it's the pride. I don't know. But anyway, when, when they begin to talk about you, they begin to, they don't write in the newspaper anymore. Now they post it on Facebook. When they post on Facebook, Hey, guys, they just dropped off a load of snakes out there at the gathering. You know, those, you know, stuff like that. You don't write back and say, why you, you know, we don't handle snakes. Out. I mean, you can tell them that. But you don't want to get a bad spirit. You know what I'm talking about. You don't want to fight back. You don't overcome with, you know, anger and contention and strife, slander. You know, slander can't stop a revival. But you can, we can hinder the Spirit if we, uh, if we give in to that. I was thinking as I read that this week, remember in Ezra chapter 4, they're rebuilding the temple, and they're actively, man, they're at work. You know what slowed them down or tried to slow them down? Remember the things that came? First of all, there were false brethren that showed up. They said, we want to join your endeavor. They were not, they didn't have the same fire. So you've got to watch that. And then secondly, the people tried to discourage them. So there's going to be some off, all the time, discouragement. You know, get discouraged over this. Get discouraged over that. You know what I say about discouragement? Be gone with it. Listen, be courageous. It's a time to be courageous when God's moving. Don't give in to discouragement. And then they troubled them. 
It says that in Ezra 4. They troubled them in the building. And then you know what they did next? Now tell me this doesn't relate to today. They hired the best counselors, and I'll say lawyers in the land, to frustrate their purposes so they would not accomplish anything they had purposed. I thought, well, Lord, that sure fits today. In fact, if you read in Ezra, it says all the days of Cyrus, they tried to frustrate their purposes. Now, haven't, don't we have a president, they said, was like a Cyrus? And so all the days they tried to frustrate, the greatest counselors and lawyers in the land have been hired. And then the accusations. So I guess the counselors are hired in the Bible. Isn't it amazing how everything going on, it's all in the Scripture. It's, all, it's in the Word of God. You know, you don't have to read the paper, just read the Bible. And so all the days those counselors started throwing at them false accusations. Accusations, they would say, now this is the latest accusation. And then when that accusation wouldn't prove true, they would move to the next accusation. But they just kept on accusing, trying to frustrate, to get them to come off of the wall and stop the work. You know what I'm talking about. Don't come off the wall. Don't give up. Amen. So what if they accuse us? How many of you have ever been falsely accused of anything in your life? I can tell you, you wait when the Spirit of God begins to move. You'll have every other spirit begin to move too in opposition to the Holy Spirit. So there'll be accusations and critical and all that stuff. Well, this past Monday, I had no idea what was going to unfold in America. It's an amazing time we're living. Can you believe we get to live in this hour? We've been called to this hour. But on Monday morning, we're praying as we always do. 7.30, we pray and you know, sometimes, you know, you got to get cranked up. I'm telling you, yeah, sometimes you've got to get cranked up. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You know, you wake up, you got to get cranked up. Coffee doesn't do it, you know. So anyway, I would just, sometimes I just say, okay, today is the 10th of whatever, so I'm going to look at Psalm 10. And I just read Psalm 10. Sometimes it speaks. So this day I said, God, I could read Psalm 12 because Monday was the 12th. And I read it and it just, it just seemed like it just... If that just doesn't fit. That just... So anyway, I said, God, how, would you give me a scripture for today? Revelation chapter 12. So I want, you, I want you to go see this. I had no idea what was going to happen in Washington, D.C. I hadn't paid a lot of attention to that play they have going on in Central Park where our president is being stabbed hundreds of times and the people are standing, erupting and cheering and applauding. I'm telling you, that's barbaric, folks. That is the same spirit that crucified, that actually threw Christians in the lion's den. It's the same thing. It is darkness, it is depravity beyond what we've ever known in America before. So what's the church going to do about it? Go to sleep? Run for our lives? No, we're going to rise up. We're going to be the church. If you're not the church, if you don't bear fruit, God says, I'm, okay, I'm just going to come and cut you off here. That's what happens if you don't bear fruit. You get pruned or he cuts you off and tosses you into the fire. But anyway, I want to show you this. Revelation chapter 12. And uh, really the verse is, that's key 
is in, is in verse 12. But let me begin back in verse 7. There's a great war that's going on in this scripture. How I many of you know there's a war going on in America? There's a, more, a war going on in India. There's a war going on in Colombia. I saw there was an explosion last night in Colombia. In a mall. I think I went in that mall. And then I saw in Venezuela. We're going to really hit it hard for Venezuela. They're setting people on fire if they're just being accused of being a robber. And there are public lynchings taking place in Venezuela. This stuff's happening. What a time to be a Christian. This is amazing. So anyway, verse 7. And war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought, but they did not prevail. No, say that. They did not prevail. Nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He's still at work deceiving the whole world. He deceives the whole world except for a unique group of people. Who's that? The people whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. That's it. That's it. Everybody else will follow the beast. It's going to happen. You can read that in chapter 13, but that's another day. So anyway, so he deceived the whole world. He was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation. And you, you can put the word now in front of all of this. It really would fit. It's not taking it out of context. Now salvation. Now strength. Now the kingdom of our God. Now the power of Christ have come. How I many of you see that? You could insert the word now in all of that. It says, They've come for the accuser of our brethren, who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. I remember a time I used to hear this scripture read and they would stop right there. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. And they didn't read the rest of the story. And then I read it and I said, how come you're not reading the rest of the story? And... You overcome because you do not love your life unto death. That's going to happen in India, in America, in Colombia, in the Philippines. Oh, this is cool. This is it. You guys ready? This is what we've been waiting for. The revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ. Anyway, I don't know how I'm going to stay on track, but I'm going to try my best. All right, verse 12. Therefore, rejoice, O heavens. And you who dwell in them, but woe, say woe. Now let me just insert something here. You know, God, while the world is woeing, the church is going to be wowing. I'm telling you. Wow. No, woe. No, wow. Woe. Wow. Woe. No, wow. It's going to be almost a big debate in the earth. The earth will say woe. The church will say wow. I'm telling you, this is a good time. Wow. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and to the sea. For the devil has come down to you, having great wrath, because he knows that he only has a what? A short time. So that's Revelation 12, 12. God gave me that verse Monday morning. But look in verse 17. And the dragon was enraged. The word enraged means angry. Furious, enraged with the woman. And he went to make war with the rest of her offspring 
Who are the offspring? Those who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. How many of you are among the offspring? How many of you keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ? Raged. Anger. Yeah, yeah I'm telling you. The, how many of you know the nations are raging right now? The raging, the rage, anger. Somebody told me this this week. I know it was. I won't tell you, but they told me their kids basically disowned them. I think one of them, two of them, maybe three, one maybe is trying to... But anyway, they said, you don't even come back. You can't even see our granddaughter. Because now that Trump won, our life is over. You are not welcome. So there's anger and rage and division and resentment. Because of a man. And you, you, you know, you'd think that, that thing in uh, New York or that Central Park, murder, a hundred times stabbing him and the people, yeah, folks, you better wake up. You better know who you are in Christ Jesus. You better, you better know where you're standing. If you're standing on Rocky, no, Rocky is okay. You can stand on Rocky. Stand on solid ground. If you're standing on sinking sand... Everybody's going to know it pretty quick. If you're standing on a solid foundation, everybody's going to know it pretty quick. Because they're going to know. We're going to know those that know Him. But, you know, there's a lot of stuff happening. I heard in my spirit this week, thinking about these things and, you know, trying to stay focused on the Lord in the midst of all these things. You've got to quickly, you know, you, live, you hear what's going on, but you get focused. Get back in the Word. Hear what the Spirit of God is saying. But I heard God said that America is either at a boiling point. We are at the boiling point. And that means the point where anger or excitement breaks into violent expression. We're there. All we need is a few instigators to come and keep stoking the fire. We have them. They're called the media. The media. I'll wait till I tell you in a moment what Bob Jones before he passed away, said about the media. He said, we're either at a, a boiling point or a tipping point. Now, that's what I'm going after, a tipping point. It, it's the point of critical mass where you cross into a threshold, the tide turns, the cup is tipped over, and the fire begins to spread. That's when little acts of obedience can result in great exploits that advance the kingdom beyond description. And God's raising up people right now that are going to do little things that's going to shake the entire earth. Greg Laurie. How many of you heard of Greg Laurie? He's an evangelist, pastor from, what, California, Harvest. Yeah, he's a, you know, he goes and hosts these Harvest Crusades. He said America has had four spiritual awakenings. And they said the last one was the Jesus movement. And uh, that was just before my time, but, but I remember reading about the Jesus movement and, uh, but he went on to say that America is now at a crisis. That's what, I didn't tell you the story, but that's what Larry Stockstill wrote about earlier. Or he shared a dream. America is desperate. We are in a desperate crisis. People don't know. And in the, his dream, he saw pastors, and he tried to tell the pastors, hey, we're in a crisis. We are in trouble. And it's like they were paying no attention. And they just went on with their normal activity. And God wasn't happy, I'm telling you. But I believe we're at a tipping point. Do you know that we are at the 500th 
year anniversary of the Reformation. God often does things in 550 years. One man, he went, nailed the 95 Thesis on the Wittenberg door. And a generation, generations today, we're, we've been changed. Things happen because of what he did. He took a stand against traditional, cold, dead religion. Did you know this? Fifty years ago, actually, we're right in it now. They had the, an eruption of the charismatic Catholic movement. It began, I, didn't, I just found this out this week. I connected with some intercessors from Pennsylvania. And they're going to call in next Saturday and be a part of this. And they've got a network in Pennsylvania. Those guys are on the roll up there. I'm telling they got it. Someone, he told me that, uh, you know, some of the guys that are intercession, you know, who are they? Uh, Chuck Pierce, all those guys. They look at them as, a, as like a model in Pennsylvania. You know, that state, they have pockets of great ministries and things happening. But anyway, they said, they told me this story that 50 years ago at Duquesne University in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I'll make sure I tell him Shirley's from Pittsburgh, so you know, I'll tell him it's in Pittsburgh. Home of the Pittsburgh Steelers and all that. But anyway, we won't go there. But anyway, Duquesne, I, we've been on that campus. I remember driving through and going to the Steelers that time. I remember it's downtown. But anyway, these two professors, they go to this uh, meeting and they hear about a book, The Cross and the Switchblade, you know, David Wilkerson. How many of you remember that book? And it talks about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So these two professors have an encounter with the Holy Spirit. They go back to Duquesne, begin to lay hands on folks. Pray for people. They have encounters. They were invited to chapel the, of many professors. They lay hands on many of the professors. News spread into Notre Dame University. They, so I guess they went there and prayed for folks. I don't know how that happened, but there was a move among the Catholics. The Holy Spirit was poured out among the Catholics. Unbelievable. I remember seeing, how many of you remember that movement? Remember bits and pieces of it. It's been 50 years. You know, we need, we need another baptism of the Holy Spirit. Fresh baptism of the Spirit. If God could do it 50 years ago. He can do it again. Not this time just among the Catholics, but among the Christians. Just folks that believe God. You know what I'm talking about. I don't even care. We're going to pray on next Saturday for the Baptists, the Methodists, the Lutherans. Listen, we're going to pray for all of them. But we're going to pray, God, just come. Listen, when it boils down to it, there ain't going to be any of those groups. It's going to be those who are for you and those who are against you. Anyway, I thought that was pretty cool. We need a fresh baptism. Now, just one more word about what happened this week, the shooting. Steve Scalise, he, you know, is from my state, Louisiana. And, um, you know, what happened was not a single act. You know that. Or not just an isolated. It was a symptom of sin. And um, the last time I checked, the only answer to sin is the cross. The cross and a changed heart. Oh, I wanted to say this one thing. Rick, I saw there was an article where he wrote in Charisma, it's been a while back, well, not just a few months ago, but he said one thing Bob Jones told him. He said that the most dangerous terrorist organization would be the media. Bob Jones was right on target. Hey, Bob, out there, you know, your bones, you're right on target. The media has become a danger to America and to the nations. 
You know one thing we're going to pray next week. You know that scripture in Psalm 55. It says, Lord, destroy and divide their tongues. Now you read it in the Amplified. It says, God, destroy, divide their tongues and their schemes. So we're going to pray that next week. We're going to say, God, now we want the people saved. But Lord, would you rise up and divide, we're just going to pray the word, divide and destroy the communication of the New York Times and CNN and NBC and NBC, BC, whatever it is. I don't even NBC. You say, well, you, you may get in trouble. Good. Hell is shaking right now because the church is rising up. We're not a bunch of wimps. We're Davids and we've got plenty of stones. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that dares taunt the armies of the living God? Somebody's got to rise up. Anyway, Rick, in that article, he said, at the same time the media is raging, you know, there'll be people pouring water on the, and that the water of truth. And uh, that he said it's going to backfire and turn into fires of outrage will be turned into fires of revival. I'm believing for that. Listen, this is our time. When the enemy comes in like a flood, God raises a standard. And that's going to be a major point. So anyway, i got to get to where I'm going. Are you guys with me this morning? I think you are. But do you know what I feel like? Can I just be honest? You guys love me, right? And I'm not, I'm just, I'm just a David. But I feel that God's given us a gift of faith for this hour. And I want you to have that gift of faith. Listen, we can cause more damage to hell from this little room than they can cause the damage of hell in Washington, D.C. I'm telling you, we can undo the damage. We can nullify the decrees. That's another thing God told me yesterday. There have been gates of hell open in this nation over the last many years. And so the Bible says that we possess the gates of our enemy. And it says in Isaiah how that God, those who, he will give us the key of the house of David, who when we will open and close. So we're going to ask God to help us identify gates. Be praying about that. Gates. And then we're going to close gates of hell that have been opened over America. And then we're not only going to close them, we're going to open gates of heaven, gates of righteousness, gates where the gospel can be preached. And such is that. So we're going to be bold, okay? Don't show up if you're a wimpy prayer next Saturday. Don't show up. You, you, I'm telling you, go watch Captain Kangaroo. I don't mean that. I don't mean that bad. But listen, this is a time that the righteous, the righteous must rise up. Normal Christianity is not going to cut the mustard. I don't even know if it's Christianity. Listen, there's a boldness. The lion of the tribe of Judah lives inside the, the saints of the Most High God. And we're going to have love. We're going to have boldness too. Now this is, I just saw this this morning. One more thing, then I'll share these points. Then we'll go have Father's Day. Amen. i got to remember. Okay, Acts chapter 4. They are... Um, they're saying, okay, you guys, you cannot preach anymore, Jesus, in this name. You're, we, we forbid you to speak anymore. You remember how they responded? They said, well, be it whatever is up to you. We cannot but, hell to help but tell the things we heard and saw. And then they quote 
from Psalm 2. It says, why do the nations rage? That's what's happening right now. And the people plot vain things. The kings set themselves, you know, against the Christ and his anointed. The people gather together. But then God's going to arise. Listen, people, the nations are raging. They're just waiting for the church to rage with the fire of God. And it's time to do it. Okay. So really, what is next, next week all about? Next Saturday. It's our only answer, and that is calling on God. No politician's going to save us. No government is going to save you. Just ask the people in Venezuela. You know, they had socialism all those years. Now they're paying the price for a, a demonic government that, I don't know if they allowed it, probably not. They probably had government's help put it on them as a model or tool of what destruction they thought it would maybe bring prosperity. No, it brings corruption and destruction. In fact, every government, there's only one government that's going to stand in this hour. It's the kingdom of God. It's the government of our God. Everything else is going to be shaken except the kingdom which cannot be shaken. So, I want to set the course. I just want to share a few scriptures. And then we're just going to go out today. This is like a prerequisite. We're getting ready for Saturday. I'm going to invite whoever wants to to come up to the altar. And we're just going to call out to God, okay? And ask Him to help us. Help us. We're going to pray that He helps us to pray. We're going to ask for an anointing that He helps us to pray and to seek His face and, and just see what heaven has. All right, Psalm 55, one th uh, 15 through 18. Let me read it. For wickedness is in their dwelling and among them. But as for me, I will call upon God and the Lord shall save me. Evening and morning and at noon, I will pray, I will cry aloud, and he shall hear my voice. He has redeemed my soul in peace from the battle that was against me. For there were many against me. Say there are many against me. How many of you know that's true? But what do you do? You don't, whoa, there are many against me. You say, wow, there's a God that is for me. And so the first thing, we must make a choice to call upon him. Right now, I'm listening for the voices. Where are the voices in America? We're in trouble. Anger is raging. There, America has never been so divided. I've heard people use the word civil war as if it's next on the horizon. Where are the voices crying out? Hey, America, it's time to call out to God. They're far and few between. But I tell you, that is the only answer for America in this hour is to cry out to God. We lift up our eyes to the hills from where our help comes from. Our help comes from the Lord, the maker of the heavens and the earth. And we got to be like Joshua. He said, as for me and my house, I will serve the Lord. And so God's looking for those who say, as for me and my camp, we're calling on God. We're going to trust in Him. So that's one thing. And then here's Psalm Four says, How long, O you sons of men, will you turn my glory into shame? How long will you love worthlessness and seek falsehood? Lies. That's where the earth is right now, seeking falsehood, seeking lies. The rest of the psalm says, But know that the Lord has set apart for himself him who is godly. The Lord will hear when I call to him. Be angry and do not sin. That's the, that's the anger we're to have. 
a righteous anger against sin. And so secondly, not only should we choose to call on Him, we can be confident that God will hear when we do. You can be confident. When you go out and you've got a big need and you get on your knees and you cry out, you're crying out to a big God who can meet that big need. God will hear the prayers of His people if we humble ourselves and cry out to Him. Yeah, I should say this. I shared this with some people. I said, we're going to have a day of prayer. We're going to cry out to God. God send a great awakening to America. These were pastors. They looked at me like, you know that old saying, a calf looking at a new gate. That's where they looked at me like, why would you do that? Why? Now, maybe God just didn't choose them. He didn't give them that unction. Well, I'm saying, why hasn't he done that? Folks, if you can't cry out to God in this hour, if you can't cry out to God for your families, for your cities, for your nation, for, your, for the lost. Listen, if civil war erupts, the harvest will be lost. That's why God's calling for the church to rise up and intercept, intervene, and say no to the spirit of violence and destruction and darkness because there's a harvest that must be reaped for the kingdom of God. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. We're going to be responsible for this generation. And we got to be ready and then fit for the battle. We, the only way I know is cry out to God. He's a big God. I can't, but God can. Just say that. Say, I can't, but God can. And because God can, I can do all things through Him who strengthens me. See, it's a little uh, progression there. And then Psalm 18, I love you, Lord. O Lord, my strength, the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. My God, my strength in whom I will trust, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. And so shall I be saved from my enemies. And then he goes on, the pains of death surrounded me. The floods of ungodliness made me afraid. There are many people right now, they're afraid because they, they know what's happening. The snares of death confronted me. But in my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried out to my God, and he heard my voice from his temple. So thirdly, we call upon God to be delivered from our enemies. How many of you have a few enemies that right now have set themselves against you? Anybody. Now, if you're a child of God, and if you're those who keep the commandments of God and have His testimony, guess who has set Himself against you? But guess who is greater in you than he that has set Himself against you? And that's what we got to live in. Confidence. Look, yeah, I know this Goliath is huge. Let me tell you, my God is bigger. Your God is bigger. He couldn't be any bigger than He is. And this is the time to have vision of that. And then Psalm 50, call upon me in the day of trouble. Some folks don't even want to confess. Hey, we're in no trouble. Everything is fine. No. A lot of, if you're not in trouble, folks around you are in trouble. So it's time to rise up and be the helper. The Holy, he sent the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the helper so that we can do the will of God. In this generation, call upon me. I'll deliver you, and you shall glorify me. And so we should call upon him in the day of trouble. You know, you know what's interesting about Psalm 4, or I'm sorry, Acts 4. 
Got to go back there for a moment. When they said the nations rage and the people plot vain things and the kings of the earth have set themselves against the Christ and his anointed. That's the elite of the earth. They've set themselves against the anointed. Do you know what the disciples prayed for? Do you remember? Yes. They said, God, grant to your servants boldness and stretch forth your hand to heal that signs and wonders would be done through the holy name of your servant, Jesus. That's going to be our prayer, too, for the churches in America on Saturday. God, you see the nations raging. God, give the church and give us boldness and stretch forth your hand to heal and that signs and wonders would be done through the holy name of your servant, Jesus. It's time for signs and wonders. You know what's going to get America's attention? When the church is operating in signs and wonders. Okay, God, it's in your word. We believe it. We're going for God. God, let it happen. And I'm telling you, it's going to happen. I believe with all my heart. There'll be little congregations in the foothills of Missouri. Don't even know us from Adam. And they may have not even been praying. Signs and wonders are going to break out because we prayed. God moves in answer to the prayer for the saints. There's not many amens there. I got faith to believe it. I've got faith. i got faith. It's larger than the size of a grain of mustard seed. But it's at least that big because I've got faith in a great God. Nothing is impossible with Him. I'm not going to sit back and let the devil rage and destroy a generation of young people, the millennials. I've heard people say the millennials, basically, they're lost. No. No, they're not lost. They're just waiting for the power of God to show up in the church in America. Signs and wonders will draw them out of their pit. Amen. Well, i got to settle down here. Should I settle down, Shirley? Let me settle down. I'm getting out of my... You want to preach the rest of this message? No. All right. Okay, here's a good one. Psalms 86.5. For you, Lord, are good. Say he's good. And ready to forgive. And abundant in mercy to all who call upon you. So what does that say? Call upon him if you need forgiveness. There's some today watching by web stream in this room. You blew it. Listen, don't try to excuse. You don't try to cover up your sin. That's not how you get out of your mess. You just say, God, I sinned. I sinned. This is sin. I confess it. I'm not trying to excuse it. I'm not trying to blame on anybody else. I have sinned against you. And when you confess your sin, He is faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. He is a loving, good, holy, merciful God. But you got to call. And then Psalm 116, I love the Lord because He's heard my voice and my supplications. Because He has inclined His ear to me, therefore as long, or I will call upon Him as long as I live. So in other words, we call upon Him continually, the rest of our life. You think there will ever be a time where you won't need God? That's why He said, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. That was initially, but it's also an everyday thing to do. Come to Him every day. God, today, I need the fresh presence of God in my life. I need mercy. God, I come to you in repentance. You know what I did, the thought. Do you know that 
even vain imagination. We're going to be held accountable for every idle word that we've ever spoken. So you say, God, you know that idle word I spoke yesterday, the judgment. God, thank you. As I confess my sin, you're faithful and just to forgive me. And I don't have to go there. When God forgives, He forgets. And you can go on. You can go on and walk in the blessing of the forgiveness of God. But we want to call on Him continually, every day, come unto me, and I'll give you light. His burden is light. And then Psalm 145, The Lord is righteous in all of His ways, gracious in all of His works. The Lord is near to all who call upon Him, to all who call upon Him in truth. So we have to call upon Him while He's near. Say, while He's near. Now, you know the Scripture says that God will not always strive with man. There are some times when the conviction of the Holy Spirit is great upon a person's life. How many of you know this? And if they resist God, a hardness sets in, right? And they can't hear that voice anymore. They can't hear. God doesn't strive. There comes a time. And so it is with nations right now. I tell you, God not only wants individuals saved, He wants nations saved. He's coming for sheep nations. But there comes a time, and so we've got to call upon Him while He's near. And then Psalm 33, 3. How many of you know what that verse says? You know it. Call to me, and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things that you know it's not. So we call upon Him for wisdom, God, show us things. He will show you things that you have no idea. Now, here's how I'm going to wrap it up, and then we want to come to the altar. But in Acts chapter 2, Peter stood up. He raised his voice, just like the church must raise its voice in this hour. And he was, you know, he was referring to a last day outpouring of the Spirit. Remember? He said, and it shall come to pass. Because the Spirit began to be poured out, and they thought those guys were drunk. And all those things. And he began to explain it. But then at the end, he says the reason for the outpouring. He says, and it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Remember that. So that's a word for this time. And then, but it's not only for individuals, it's for nations. What if, what if enough Christians in America cry out to God in this hour? God, come and save America. What do you think will happen? And they're doing it all over. Chuck Pierce and those guys, those guys up in Pennsylvania, those guys in Texas. I'm telling you, there's people crying out to God. In California, they're crying out to God. I guarantee you. Arizona, New Mexico, Louisiana. I've heard of move, things going on down there. Things, people are crying. We're going to cry out to God from Moravian Falls for the whole bunch of them in one single voice that God would come to this nation again and pour out His Spirit just like He's promised and many nations of the earth. So that's what we're going to do. So, America's in a crisis. So what? We're always in crisis. Man is in a crisis. Every man. The crisis is called sin. The sin, the result of sin is death. The only answer is the cross and the only answer is a changed heart. And the only way to change a heart is when one turns to Him. And God comes in and changes the whole thing. Let me ask you a question. Can a nation be saved in a day? What do you think? 
How about we believe it? How about we go after it? Let me tell you, what a great time to be alive. A great time to be on the earth. Never been a person like you. Never been anybody. You're an individual. God created you just like he wanted you to be as far as your personality. I know you struggle against stuff like I struggle. We, you know, the flesh doesn't profit a whole bunch. Usually, in fact, it profits nothing. We're just men and women who've been altered in our hearts by an eternal God who loves us and who's got a great plan for the earth and he's just waiting to loose us to do his will. Seemed like there's some dream I had last night about this. I can't. Maybe it'll come to me later. But there's something that God wants to give us in this hour. This last hour. You understand what I'm saying? He wants to give us something. He wants to give the church. Well, Lord, we don't know all that it is, but we're calling on you. We want it. Because we know if it comes from you, you're good. You're a good God. You have good gifts. You obviously demonstrated that in your son. And before we pray this morning, is there anybody here that doesn't know Jesus? Say, man, I'm, I'm under conviction. I don't know. I, I hear you talking, you know, but right now there's something going on in my heart. I need a Savior. I don't know. If I died today, I would go to heaven. I don't know if I'm saved. I don't know if I'm right with God. Would you pray for me? Is there anybody? You say, I don't know. I need prayer. Anybody? Well, we're just going to pray right now because I believe there are people watching. You guys are with me? So if you're in this room, you didn't raise your hand. But you know deep inside, you know you're not right with God. You don't know. You can't say without any doubt, without a doubt, that you'd go to heaven if this was your last on the earth. Well, what do you do? Well, you believe that God loves you, that he sent his son, Jesus, that Jesus died on the cross and that he rose from the dead. You repent. You say, God, I repent. That means I turn my life. I turn from sin and I turn my life over to you. Forgive me. You confess your sin. Say, God, forgive me. Forgive me. And I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I believe you died and you rose from the dead. And if you do that, you're going to be saved. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen? Okay, let's just pray. And you're watching by web stream. I know. What if somebody just, you know, flicking? How do you flick through the Internet? You just do. I don't know. In the old days, they flicked through the channels. And the Spirit would arrest them and they would be on, all of a sudden, you know, Christian television. Well, maybe they're flicking through the Internet. I don't know how that works. Maybe God gave me that thought for a purpose. Maybe somebody right now, you just flicked through the Internet. And you need a Savior. God so loves you. He so loves you. He, he just caused you to watch this moment so that you would come to know the one who can save you. Your only Savior, Jesus. Ain't no government going to save you, my friend. Ain't no political party. You Forget it. Ain't no group of people. Ain't nothing going to save you but Jesus. He died for you. He rose from the dead. The blood of Jesus is enough. So let's pray. Let's all pray out loud. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I confess to you, I need a Savior. And I believe in Jesus. That he died on the cross and he rose from the dead. I confess my sin. I ask you to forgive me. I repent. I turn my life over to you. 
I believe in Jesus, that he died on the cross, and that he rose from the dead. And as I confess you now, with my mouth, I believe in my heart. Thank you for the resurrection, and thank you as I call upon you. I will be saved. And so by faith, I receive salvation. Now fill me, Lord, with the Holy Spirit and with power and with fresh fire and use me for your purposes in this final hour. And I thank you, God, in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. Praise God. You know, we got a call on him now. If you want to, this is how we'll end. If you want to join me, some of you just, you need to go. You got reservations. Feel free. Reservations. Where, where, would, you make, where would you make reservations? In Wilkes County. You know, you made reservations at Burger King. I don't know. I don't mean to be silly. I'm really not trying. But you can just be yourself. You know what I mean? We can just be ourselves. I need help. Come and let's call on God. We're going we're gonna to today call on God for America. Okay, and next Saturday we'll call on God for the nations of the earth. And we'll, He'll help us do it in the states and the regions and the cities. And, but today we're going to call for our nation and our families. And I'm serious about that. We don't have to be super religious folks. You just be simple. He's a big God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hey, Helen, you want to play something softly? Just, just serious. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Spirit of God. God, we ask you for a gift of repentance because we know, Lord, that repentance is a foundation of any move of the Spirit. When the people turn from and they turn to you with all their heart. And so, God, we don't, we don't know how to confess all the sins of a nation. But we want to confess right now that our nation has departed from you. God, we ask you for forgiveness and mercy. For maybe the, one of the greatest sins is right now failing to call on you. So God, we ask for mercy. Mercy. And Lord, we thank you there are multitudes of groups that are calling on God. And so we just join right now. And we say, God, there's no other helper. There's no other hope. No one can save us like our God. And Lord, we acknowledge our need. We confess that we have departed and we ask God, bring us back. And we ask you, God, for your mercy and grace that one more time in America, you would show our nation that you're a God that rules and reigns over the affairs of men. And God, would you send another great awakening to our nation from the west to the east to the north to the south. God, would you shake America with the power of the gospel and with the love of God. Lord, let your son be so exalted. Let a banner be raised over this nation of the lordship and the ruling 
reigning Christ Jesus, the only begotten Son of God. And so, God, we pray. Help us pray. We pray to help us pray as we come to this gathering, Lord. And we don't know who all is going to come. We don't know who will watch by web stream. God, I thank you for the few that have connected with us who will call in and represent their nation or their region, their state. But God, we want to pray. God, come. Come, Lord. As you haven't come, come in every way that's been prophesied. Lord, you said everything that's been prophesied by the mouth of all the holy prophets since the world began would be fulfilled. We stand on that promise and we bless you and we honor you. And God, we thank you, Lord, that the woes will be turned into wows in the house of God all across our land. God, thank you. We're at the 50th anniversary of a charismatic breakout of the Holy Spirit in the Catholic Church. God, would you do it again? Do it again. But this time, don't leave any of us out, God. We ask for a fresh baptism of the Spirit upon every denomination, every church, every ministry that lifts up and upholds the name of Jesus and proclaims the truth. God, we believe you. We trust you. Do it again. God, shake the houses of God. Shake the house of God. Come, Lord. We're, we're needy. We're on our knees. We're humbling ourselves. You said if we humble ourselves and pray, and seek your face. If we turn, then you'll hear and forgive and heal our land. And God, that's what we're praying. We're praying. We're praying. And so God, help us be ready for Saturday. Change us. Give us an anointing. God, break our heart with the things that break yours. God, give us the right words. Give us the way you would do it, Lord. We're asking for help to call on you. That's what we're asking for. And we ask God from Moravian Falls, Lord, they prophesy, they tell us, they come around, they say there's an open heaven, one of two places on the earth. We don't know about all that. We don't know. Maybe it's true, maybe it's not. But we're bowing before you and from this place we're asking you to send revival to the land. To save our children. To save God, moms and dads, family, brothers, sisters. God, we ask you to heal our broken and divided land. God, let Jesus come and claim this nation for himself. God, that you would not lose the reward of your suffering for America. God, do it. And Lord, our, our, in our heart are many nations. And that's why we're here in a mission base. So God, help us to know how to say this, to voice this for the nations around the earth. And so God, we love you. We thank you for this Father's Day. You're a good, good Father. You're a loving Father. And we ask you, Lord, just show the nation who you are one more time. Lord, we read all those stories what they said you were like but now God show our families our nation our children and the nations of the earth who you are and we thank you for it we're expecting it God we believe you 
And God, I know some, there are some folks here that don't have the same passion. Tell them it's okay. Lord, take away any condemnation. God, we just ask you to wash them. And God, I don't know where they are in their journey, but just send them help from heaven, wherever they are in their journey. And God, would you also release signs and wonders? Let it begin. God, there are people that are struggling with sickness. They're struggling with disease. They're struggling with things that have been spoken. Lord, would you stretch forth your hand this morning to heal and that signs and wonders would be done through the holy name of your servant, Jesus. Would you touch our fathers, mothers, men and women, touch people, release healing, Lord, over the web stream, healing, miracles, signs and wonders that demonstrate the kingdom of God and that the kingdom has come and the king is reigning and ruling on the earth. Thank you, Lord. And Lord, grant to your servants boldness that we would not back down but speak the truth in this hour. And we love you and we thank you you love us. Lord, I just one more thing. Thank you that it was Father's Day that revival broke out in Pensacola. And thank you, God. You're the same God. The same God. Same God. Same Holy Spirit. Same, same Jesus. Same one that loves us. That loves our families. Same one. Same God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for Martin Luther. Thank you, God, for the Martin Luthers that they had different names, but they followed him. They upheld the truth from generation to generation. They trumpeted the truth. John Hess burned at the stake. Thank you for that man. Thank you for people that paid the ultimate price. Thank you, God, for intercessors, grandmothers that prayed on their knees for their families, that their families would be saved. God, we have a feeling some of us are here because of the prayers of grandmothers, great-grandmothers, that we don't even remember some before or long before we were born. Somehow they prayed and you honored their faith. I know that, God. I know that's real. I thank you, God. Thank you for the intercessors. Oh, God, bless the intercessors. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the, this generation of youth, children. Lord, we declare the devil does not have them. You, we claim them for you. God, we ask for a move of God among our youth and our children that would astound Hell will erupt in horror for what breaks out among our generation of youth and children, Lord. Let the nations wow one more time. So we thank you. Now, Lord, touch the people, everyone in this room. Touch them. Touch their heart. Those watching, touch them, Lord. Stir the fire in their heart for you. Passion for you. Love for you. But let them walk out of here this morning knowing, being overwhelmed with how much God loves them. Almost can't stand it. Thank you, Lord.
for the love of God. Hallelujah. We bless you. We, we're going to say amen. And we just so, we just thank you, God. Let it continue through the week. Help us to know how to be ready for this weekend. Lord, use Roberts Lairdon. Thank you for this divine connection. Friday night, God, just let us be in awe of what you do through this man. I believe he's on time. God, use him greatly, God. Use him greatly. However you want to use him, we say yes, God. Yes, God. He's made for such a time like this, and so are we. So, Lord, just come in your power and your glory. Lord, I don't know how to end a prayer like this, so I guess we won't end it. We'll just be in a attitude of prayer all week, and uh, it'll be glorious. But one more time, just tell him you love him. Just That's a good way. God, we love you. That'll be our amen. We love you, God. We love you. You're a good, good father. Happy Father's Day. I heard Jill shout that earlier. Just tell him, happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. We love you. God bless you guys and uh, just have a wonderful Father's Day. Glorious Sunday. Amen. Amen.